if you wanted to create an NFT, what would be the steps in your opinion? How can someone make this successful? There are, in my opinion, four main factors of success. One is the community. If you have a community around your brand, your music, whatever, you will be able to sell your art. Second one, and I think basically the success of the, this biggest NFT drops, it's some partner as a NFT collector. Because a lot of NFT traders, they monitor the wallets of big collectors and whatever they buy these collectors a lot of other buyers start to buy metaverse is also a tool where you can easily buy stuff because you can see it from different angles i mean it's more immersive so it's kind of easier to buy in many uh, e-com categories and boom we're live welcome tony simonovsky hey sven thanks for having me great that you're here with us um so you're the CEO and founder of InsightWhale.com, a data-driven marketing company. You also do CoFire, a Web3 music value chain. Um, and you're involved in Oasis DAO. That's pretty interesting projects. How, um, how did you actually get there? How did you become an entrepreneur and how did you get involved in these kinds of things? Yeah, uh, I'll start a bit like, Pretty back in the past, I started my first company uh, around almost 20 years ago when I was under 20 years old. And to your question about when I did I become an entrepreneur, I actually started uh, my first small, small venue, uh, venture in my uh, when I used to be uh, still a school kid. Uh, I don't know in, if uh, uh, you or your viewers would know that game, but it, we used to have a game with uh, kind of carton, uh, like paper uh, circles, mm -hmm. which you put one on one, and then you need to hit them with a, another thing, which is more uh, like uh, it weights a bit more. And then whichever turns uh, uh, backwards, you, you win this uh, kind of things. So I was winning all the time and like then uh, rich kids were like, okay, uh, we lost everything. Can you sell us a bit? So uh, I started to sell them and uh, started to actually get my first uh, money. Uh, but yeah, later I started to get interested in, in the web stuff. It was yeah around 20, 21 years ago. And um, I remember building my first website for 70 bucks. I was super, super happy because well, it was one of my first money, which I actually earned by doing stuff. And later on, I started my first agency, which uh, was an SEO agency. Uh, it was a local one in Moscow, was uh, running it for around, I think, eight years, something like that. Then I sold it to another company, a bigger one. Uh, and, uh, then I was after eight, 10 years in SEO, I was actually tired of this business and I was thinking what to do next and, uh, analytics, uh, digital analytics, conversion rate optimization was a very natural next move for me because when I started SEO, uh, it was very early days of digital marketing in general. And we were very, I mean, it was easy for us to get the sites to the top uh, pages and top results of the search engines. Uh, but uh, And whatever site was on top, it made like huge sales. 
but then the sites in general started to improve uh, the the usability and stuff like that. But we were working mainly with small businesses; they didn't invest in leaks and stuff. So though we provided good positions, they were not happy with the results because they didn't do sales. So it was natural for me to think, actually, how can I help them further? Started to dive into analytics, conversion rate optimization, and that's uh, how I started uh, Insight Whale. Uh, was mm -hmm. in 2014, so uh, I've been doing uh, analytics and uh, CRO ever since. And uh, talking about crypto, I joined in 2017 uh, and was very, uh, like, was very fast. Uh, I joined with my marketing expertise, helped uh, three big ICOs raise money, raised a total uh, around 50 million dollars uh, for three ICOs and was so uh, astonished by this new uh, industry and uh, what so, sorry it 50 has. million yeah, yeah yeah but it was not not uh, everything that I, I would say maybe our contribution was maybe 20 30 percent of that sum but 50 million is in total what these companies raised uh, in the public sales that, that's pretty astonishing. Um, how does an ICO, I mean, I know that you also consult companies uh, who want to do ICOs. Um, so my, my question is, as a company, like, how would I decide to make an ICO? Like, what would be like the, the intention or the use case for it? Like, for example, I have a company... Mm -hmm. Digistore 24, it's a big uh, affiliate network and resale platform. Uh, I make a lot of sales. Would it make sense for me to consider an ICO? Uh, what would it bring to me? Like who should consider doing an ICO except for just the money? I mean, I want to create value ultimately for mm -hmm. our clients, for our customers, just like every normal entrepreneur. Um, and so we have a fairly big brand. As a company, would it make sense for me to consider an ICO? And if yes, what does it take to make success, to make successful? Mm -hmm. ICO per se is almost not a thing anymore. I, I, I was uh, helping uh, launch these ICOs back in 2017 and 18. 19 a bit. I mean, some people still call it ICO, but now there are a bit different forms of fundraising from public. It's IDO, for example, initial DEX offering. It's a bit more uh, secure for the for the investors mm -hmm. uh, because in the ICO age, it was kind of totally crazy. You could just uh, publish your wallets, say something, oh, we are creating this crazy big thing and people would just send you money and you basically didn't uh, owe them anything. Practical, mm -hmm. and that's why there were so many scams uh, in, the, in those years. Uh, today, the market is a bit more civilized, though we still have a lot of stuff uh, to do on this front. And uh, to your question about should you consider, or any of our listeners, uh, doing a fundraising uh, through a token offering uh, in crypto, the, it will very much depend on what the company is doing. In general, a token is just a representation of some value. Mm -hmm. So if you can, uh, in your kind of community, you can, there is some value that, that is not 
captured properly yet and you can capture it with a token uh you can consider it i mean I, most of the businesses the traditional businesses that outside of crypto um there are not so many use cases yet for creation of a token it's uh uh if you are crypto first, I mean, yeah, obviously you can uh, think of which value you can create and the token will just help you capture uh, that increasing value. For the companies outside of this world, it's still mainly financial uh, financial uh, companies, uh, kind of remittance, payments. Some advertising companies are also going in that direction but still i haven't seen any big use cases in this uh, area i mean in general crypto it's a big sandbox so basically if you feel that you can uh, create that value and capture it it's crypto is about experimentation just try exp experiment uh, and i think that that's actually one of the biggest um, uh biggest uh strengths of the crypto market in general is that there is so much experimentation happening that in the percentage uh, percentage wise the the conversion to the good projects is very small but overall in in the in the absolute numbers the there are so many uh revolutionary products being created and it's uh because of that huge number of experiments the absolute number of successes is much more than in other uh in other areas i mean now we even don't call it crypto it's more web3 as a yeah. as opposed to web2 and uh, web3 is going that fast because it it has the power to experiment fail 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 but then find something really re revolutionary yes um so i i think from a from a company's perspective I would consider ICOs if I would, for example, like if I would like to go public, for example, and if, if I, let's say, wanted to have a big investment and instead of having one single investor, I, for example, I would like to have a community and this community. Uh -huh. um, so, and I want less bureaucracy. For example, if I would go public, it would be very hard uh you know to keep up with all the regulations so that would be like a, a ton of administrative work in my opinion and uh so if i want it to be less bureaucratic uh i think i would consider an ico because i still can get uh, funds that i can and this is not, of course like this is my my ethics as an entrepreneur that i transparently uh, tell people about the progress and what's being done with the money. And I think this is where what a lot of scams did in the past. They just collected money. It was a hype. It was kind of like a bubble and they got all this money and they, and some of them never, some of the, the scams never intended actually to create any value. They just pocketed the money and it went to parties and stuff like that. Um, and I think, but, but I, I still think it's a very good tool. Like, in a non-bureaucratic, low administrative way to collect money, not being it like a a a um a loan, not in form of a loan, not in form of stocks, but less bureaucratic. But but then, um, usually, like for example, I 
I consider this as a Web2 company or, or anyone who, who's, who's listening is like, I think most of the people who are listening are Web2 companies, which means that they have a uh, normal online marketing uh, type of business, which is paid via credit cards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's, so it's, it's still an interesting thought, but then if I, for example, if, if I just imagine, like I'm, I'm kind of new to this, if I imagine releasing a coin and bringing a coin to the public, of course, I want to be transparent. I want to tell people what's going on with a coin. Fine. But I think the real, just like with stocks, the real challenge is to maintain the value of it. And this is, this is, in my opinion, like looking from the outside as an outsider, the challenge, because I haven't, I calling myself outsider because I've never done an ICO or something like that. So how do I maintain the value of that coin? Let's, let's assume I would release a coin and how, how can this like be stay valuable? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I first just wanted to comment on uh, on your thought about the regulation. So I would be cautious here because though technically, uh, as you're not using banks here, you can uh, do that fundraising, uh, but still you will be uh, uh, the regulations. Uh, I mean, the regulation uh, regulators will still uh, kind of look at you. Mm -hmm. uh, and right now, for example, these fundraising companies, they don't happen, almost don't happen anymore. And uh, so to your yeah. question about the, about uh, how, how to maintain the value, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's a good question that is, I would say, uh, not fully solved yet. Uh, in general, I mean, there is such thing as tokenomics, so you should always mm -hmm. think of uh, uh, how much value potentially you can create and not to create uh, the volume of tokens that will uh, constantly devalue them, not uh, to create a limited supply of tokens so that if the value increases, the tokens, the number of tokens still uh, stay the same. And yeah. in this case, basically the, the value of each token, uh, increases. Uh, then there can be a very strong, uh, use case for the token. Uh, and it was very strong use case. You can even have the unlimited supply, just, uh, uh, releasing small portions of new tokens through the time, but knowing that there is a constant and increasing demand for that token. Mm -hmm. Gaming is a very good example for that, or actually advertising as well. Any kind of, uh, uh, any kind of company which uh, sells something that is kind of consumable, uh, you can use that model and uh, that's a pretty sustainable model, though, again, in the token world, we're still very much uh, dependent on the market cycles. So however good use case you have, if the market, the whole market goes down, the token will also go down with it. But when the market goes up, if you have a strong use case, your token will go much higher uh, than otherwise. Yes. And also, I, uh, you when you were... Um, basically uh, thinking out loud uh, about ICOs, that brought me to a very interesting 
thought I never, never occurred to me before. Uh, so you, uh, you were saying that, okay, ICOs, we want to kind of have people co-own that company. And that's what brings us to the DAO, which is one of my main topics in crypto yeah. now. And I, I didn't think, I didn't make that link before that ICO and DAO are kind of relatives. And DAO is exactly that uh, token generation event where you distribute tokens for the community. And then the community both co-owns that company, Web3 company, and also can... Uh, manage that company, can make decisions, can uh, vote on some decisions in the future of the company, plus all the money that are uh, raised can be again governed by, by that community so that it's not, okay, these five guys, the core team raised that money and they uh, can do whatever with them. Normally, uh, the community decides where this money goes to and they have actually the power to block any decisions uh, uh, from the team uh, to you to use this money maliciously or to their own uh, good, yeah. to their own good. Yeah, I mean it's not I, ideal yet. We still are inventing the models which will work like I described, but we're going there, and it's be much better than it used to be in the ICO world. Yes. I, I cannot really think of any other use case uh, for an entrepreneur. Like, why, why, why did people make ICOs other than like building a community and like, except for the scams? Like, what were like the, the reasons and the motives to do an ICO? Just, just to do a coin and then just like f play central bank or like what other motives or intentions did they have? I mean, the legitimate ones. Yeah, I mean, officially, ICO is just a fundraising uh, method. So yeah. officially, uh, uh, these companies were raising to develop a product because most of them didn't have a product. They didn't have nothing. Some of them had at least white paper, but there were many cases where there was just a landing page with like a few lines like, okay, we'll build that, I don't know, uh, like spaceship or whatever, yeah. like some like very crazy stuff. And they, some of them raised like millions, dozens of millions of dollars. But in general, yeah, uh, better companies has had a, maybe already an MVP and a white paper where they explained what actually, how this money I intended to be used like for example so much we need for the product building so much we need for marketing for strategic investment so on and so forth okay cool cool yeah that that makes sense um so if i'm a company and i want to do an ico what what would be the steps like what like if i intended that what would you do uh i uh l l let's try to go away from ICO. let's let's think of a DAO more okay. like because it's a more more kind of uh uh two current relatives of, okay. of the uh, relatives of the market yeah. and generally um yeah DAO is basically a community of people that uh have the same goals share the same values and have some uh wallet that they collectively uh, um, manage. It's not yet for any business. 
there are certain use cases that where where they are very good. It's for example, media will be very good because we can collectively create content, curate content, and uh, be a part of that community that creates content around whatever NFTs or DAOs or maybe marketing. Uh, another big use case is protocols. Basically, right now, Web three is a web of protocols meaning that uh the the web 2 was the the web and still is the web of applications basically the companies like facebook they are more uh applications uh and they run the market while uh in the uh and they actually own all the data we are giving to them even us we don't own that data in the web3 it's a, it's an internet of protocols meaning that there is some basic set of primitives for some specific uh thing for example uh, a protocol for building social networks there are already a few of those on the market and anyone can build their own facebook instagram or whatever on top of them and the cool thing is that the users that are using these apps on top of the uh, protocols, they are not uh, tied to these specific apps. They can easily uh, uh, take back their data uh, from the app and uh, say move from Facebook 1 to Facebook 2 without like super seamlessly and uh, Facebook 1, which they abandoned, will never have access to their data anymore. Uh, so uh, that's uh, really cool about that. So basically, there are some other use cases. How do we start a DAO? Generally, it's uh, there is a thing called uh, progressive decentralization, where initially you start centralized, like a group of people, uh, and uh, then uh, you start building the community. And once you have a pretty good community, then you create the token and distribute it to the early community. Mm -hmm. And then basically that community already owns, owns that uh, thing, governs and uh, stuff like that. In, at some point, there can be a fundraising, uh, but it really depends on, uh, on the project you have. So protocols, normally they start with fundraising then they create community, they distribute the tokens to the community, and the community actually owns the part of that protocol as well as the early investors. Mm -hmm. And that that's very interesting. Thank you. So um, how do you then, like, like how is the, the power distribution then organized? Is it like the community has certain powers and certain things to decide who decides what the community actually can decide about and is it like is it like a thing that i be like if i start this thing is it like something i define or is it like governed in, in any other way yeah uh so the governance is uh one of the biggest uh areas where there is a lot of experimentations uh, happening. Uh, there are some models that are already working, but we constantly see some people actually abusing uh, their power in these protocols, but we learn from that and we create better models. But uh, in general, again, it's a progressive decentralization where the core team initially 
decides some rules and they can say for example this part of the decisions will always be uh i mean will decide always in the core team and another part of the decisions can be governed by the community but the ideal is that in the end of this process of de progressive decentralization the full power is given to the community for example normally the protocols are the best use cases here because we can actually give the full power to the community because in the protocols uh, the incentive, uh, there is a strong uh, incentive and also strong, uh, in some cases, strong countermeasures which prevent you from abusing your power by, uh, uh, because in this case, your stake, your actual uh, stake of these tokens mm -hmm. can be at risk. Uh, for example, if you abuse the power, your some of your tokens can be slashed you you lose them and basically uh you lose part of your portfolio in some cases you can do something bad for for the protocol but to do something bad you need to actually own a lot a lot of these tokens like i don't know millions dozens of millions hundreds of millions of dollars or worth of this token so if you do something bad then your hundreds of millions of dollars can become 10 million dollars or even less mm. So there are strong uh, incentives, both in the positive and negative way, for bad, bad actors not to do bad things. But still, again, it's a lot of experimentation here. We don't still have a bulletproof uh, solution. So that's why I'm very excited to be in this place, because basically we're inventing this space. Yeah, yeah, we're playing around with new things. Uh, another like yeah. recent phenomenon uh, are nfts what do you personally think of nfts and uh do you invest in them i think as a technology nft first uh doesn't have any competitors because before nfts we didn't have any way to prove the ownership of any digital asset so, for example, if we bought a song somewhere, a file just had a copy, but we could, uh, uh, there was no way to prove that we actually bought it and not copied. The NFT, NFT technology gives a basis to actually prove that you actually bought that. And because of that, you can actually resell that. Because if I bought a, just a file as a song, I couldn't resell it. So it's not an asset. It's, it's not a liability, but it's consumable. I bought it, so okay, spent the money, I cannot return it. With the NFT, I actually bought something and I have an asset that I can resell. Maybe for a profit, maybe for a loss, doesn't matter, but it still has some value at, at every certain point in time. Okay, and yeah, did, so, you, did yeah, you buy so you NFTs? Had some questions. Sorry? Did you, did you buy any NFT? Uh, yeah, I started to play around with NFTs maybe uh, seven, eight months ago, maybe a bit more. Uh, initially, um, I, I mean, with any new thing, which is kind of revolutionary, I like my, my approach is normally uh, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. So I was just buying any possible NFTs, understanding that most of them I will probably lose money. But on uh, doing that, mm -hmm. I actually started to learn pretty fast. Uh, mm -hmm. Currently, I almost don't buy the picture NFTs, but the Kofire project uh, 
you mentioned basically mm -hmm. is a project where we are uh, experimenting with the NFT technology to uh, find models to uh, better models than we have now to distribute music uh, to uh, uh, for the artist to get paid in a more transparent way in a more uh, more uh, kind of uh, what's the word for that more uh, fair way because mm -hmm. right now uh, most of the pie is uh, most of the value is captured by uh, major uh, uh, music uh, labels and most of the artists especially the indie artists they're not getting the value back so we're trying to use the nft technology to solve some of the problems of the uh, music industry okay. so okay. i'm very bullish on the nft as a technology to okay. answer your question Thanks. Yeah, yeah just for the audience so nfts are basically in my opinion kind of like certificates of ownership in the blockchain and t in some cases the actual file that you own like CryptoPunks are in the blockchain, are stored in the blockchain. In some cases, it's just a hyperlink. It's it's a link to somewhere else. The problem with that is that uh, whoever owns the link destination kind of decides about like the file. So hypothetically, and this is also like a big criticism that you know people who criticize NFTs say, hey, uh, if someone like who controls the server to, which uh, this hyperlink points to and replaces the file, you cannot really do anything about it, right? So how do you see that? Uh, no, you're abs absolutely right. And uh, as any uh, nascent, very uh, young market, there are still a lot of uh, glitches. Uh, some NFT creators, uh, as you mentioned, really put the files on some uh, centralized uh, servers, which is, I mean, a very bad idea to do, at least for the buyer. Uh, but uh, there are uh, already uh, decentralized um, file uh, sharing services like IPFS, some others are coming. So there, uh, the NFT links to some location in the decentralized uh, file system so it's much uh, more difficult to uh, shut down this file i mean right now it's uh, probably it's still possible because the network of the computers that actually store is not that big but in the near future it will be basically uh, as difficult as trying to uh, steal a, a bitcoin by actually hacking the bitcoin system yeah that, that hacking is very hard um so a lot of people ask me i want to do an nft and how can i launch an nft successfully i think it's kind of like the same with the tokens um we were like recently talk talking about uh, fungible tokens nfts are non-fungible tokens so that they can't be interchanged with anything else um how do you see that if you were an artist for example if you were a painter or like some influencer and if you wanted to create an nft what would be the steps in your opinion how can someone make this successful uh there are in my opinion four main uh factors of success 
uh, one is the community. If you have a community uh, around your brand, your music, whatever, you will be able to sell your art. Maybe not in huge, uh, uh, huge volumes initially, but uh, as the community grows, uh, you will have more and more sales. Uh, second one, and I think right now it's how the most successful NFT drops are basically the reason for the, the, the success of the, these biggest NFT drops. It's uh, some uh, partner as a NFT collector because a lot of NFT traders, they uh, monitor the wallets of big collectors and whatever mm. they buy these collectors, a lot of other buyers start to buy. So if you do a drop and some collector with dozens of millions of uh, uh, worth of NFTs in their wallet buys one NFT, so you're sold out uh, mm. pretty much instantly. So if you can make friends uh, with such collector and uh, sign some other deal, you're pretty much uh, successful. Cool. Uh, yeah, uh, the third one is a partnerships uh, with some protocols. For example, a lot of DeFi protocols are now starting to use NFTs as just um, some ticket uh, to enter some community or some mm. other access point. But they are not always using some art in their uh, tokens. So artists can actually collaborate with this uh, mm. with this project and put their art in the nfts which have the basic utility in this defy or other projects uh this way creating both the community and some sales uh and there is the fourth one uh which i forgot i'll try to remember it later okay. we were recently discussing in our team and was four uh, just dropped okay. from my head. If it comes to your head again, please interrupt. Yeah. Anything else? It's so exciting because, you know, so many people want to launch NFTs and it's kind of a riddle because, you know, you got this discord groups with the community and, and, you know, they have all like, like these channels. So it seems like a lot of work. And if you're, let's say an artist and, and you don't have a team, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, set up all these discord groups, but, but you need that discord. Uh, these discord channels in order to look serious because you know if i if i for example i also buy nfts the first thing i do when i decide about buying an nft or not is i look at the community and in, in the discord channels and if it looks very empty and nothing then uh, probably I, i'm not going to buy it because ultimately the community just like with uh, fungible tokens uh, will decide about the value and the future value of it because Imagine you would release an NFT and would just go down in value because it's it's very visible, and that would just look make you look bad. So I I think it's very important to really figure out how you can maintain the value in the long term so that um you don't look bad. A lot of a lot of celebrities uh they bring out like Logan Paul they they bring out um, <clears throat> fairly expensive NFTs at their release, like $2,000, for example, and then they drop in value. And that, I, I think that's not super cool. In my opinion, I would start like at the, another tip would be start at the lower price because the space is new so that the value goes up or at least uh, uh, kind of stays the same. But if you go like super high, just because because you have a big name and it goes down because you haven't, because you're new to the space, I think that would be, 
in general a bad idea. Um, NFTs are very, are the kind of like the thing in the metaverse. Um, people understand metaverse as like virtual reality that you use with 3D goggles. Um, how do you personally see the metaverse? Do you think it's like, um, do you think people are going to spend a lot of time in it and it will be a big, become a big part of our lives? Or do you see it like just like, like with video games that people spend some time in it? How do you see that? Uh, I mean, there will definitely be uh, quite a lot of people spending a lot of time on it. Uh, I, though I cannot imagine the time frame when we uh, reach the point of that movie, uh, what was it in English, the first player something. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a movie where they, the, all the people were basically living, uh, in these goggles mm -hmm. and uh, inside that virtual world. Um, I, I, I'm not sure when we come to that point, but the AR experience, I think it's pretty, uh, close, probably five to 10 years where you use that, like, like the spectacles, like we use mm -hmm. now, but you have a camera and a, projector where you see some additional objects uh, overlaid on the on the reality like for example some navigation stuff uh, some additional maybe art on top of stuff and so on and so forth I, this i think is uh, pretty close uh this type of metaverse uh and probably also the a lot of work will be uh done in the kind of fully immersive metaverse and basically that's what meta is doing they're focusing mainly on the uh, work environment uh, creating like virtual offices where you are uh, you are kind of in the room with your co-workers or in i don't know on a beach or whatever you see them uh, but you sit wherever you are and so For, uh, if, you, if you look at it from, let's say, the, the Web 2 point of view, where a lot of people trying to make sales online and convert, how do you see that actually uh, in the metaverse? Like, do, do you think as a company, uh, like, like any online retailer, any, any online shop should look for possibilities to sell stuff in the AR metaverse and the full, fully immersive metaverse. Do you think that will be monopolized by Facebook slash meta? Uh, you know, uh, or, or do you think, do you think other, on, other companies on, that are not Amazon or Facebook still will, ha will have a chance in the future to sell stuff online? How do you see that? Or do we all have to rely on their infrastructure? Uh, I think in general, uh, the, the strengths and the benefit of the web three over web two is not even, uh, the, I mean, the technology is important. We have the decentralized technology where we can own, uh, our money, our data and so on and so forth. But, uh, in terms of, uh, power centralization, I mean, we still can come to it even in the Web3 world, but we are basically starting over as if in 
90s and 80s, we were starting internet knowing what we can face and trying to at least prepare for that because when we're starting the web one when web two we didn't know what, what problems we can face that power centralization and the deplatformization all the problems we have now in the web two world now we basically know this problem so we can try to avoid them it's not certain that they that we will but at least we we know them and we can try uh so i'm i'm hopeful that uh will come to the web3 world the decentralized world where meta and other uh monopolies they don't have so much power because right now it's getting out of control i mean they 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 don't even show they care about the users uh users mean nothing to to them because they already have all the data so okay we'll deplatform this person uh a small person small business medium business big business or a po politic or like a politician yeah. like trump i mean you can think anything of trump but if a company can uh shut uh, a big politician uh, i mean i don't think it's a good thing no i i think like companies should be more neutral and not take a political side because every political side is also comes with let's say opinions and maybe even propaganda yes. so it's it's really so i'm really careful reading the news because you have to take that with a grain of salt because you know like this is just one part of the story and usually there's many news outlets and news media companies but they're kind of connected and they're kind of owned by the same company so i mean in a in a from a capitalist standpoint you know blackrock and vanguard so um yeah i think that that's right um I, yeah i'm i'm thinking like um if if i was a like if i had a company i would like to sell in the web3 and would like to prepare how would you actually do that and and or think about that is it too early or would you already think about like commercial uses for web3 mm -hmm. um yeah yeah that's i mean right now most of the cases of e-commerce in metaverse are related to nfts i mean there are quite a lot of shops like digital uh fashion is booming now yeah. uh so you can buy some uh, apparel and uh uh like have some app where uh with a camera where you see your uh your real you uh with uh some cool very futuristic uh, uh clothes um there are some uh companies which already uh connect uh connect that metaverse to the real world for example there are some very exciting startups that tokenize uh, real uh, physical art like from the top galleries and basically it's a perfect uh, perfect uh, use case for metaverse where you can uh, being in the metaverse going to that gallery in the metaverse you can buy a piece or a full uh, uh, like uh, painting or a sculpture and you will have the a nft but 
owning that NFT proves that you actually own the original, uh, the original piece of art, which can be stored at your uh, place yeah. or it can be stored at some, uh, I don't know, at art gallery, mm -hmm. whatever. But, uh, yeah, these use cases are, uh, happening, uh, appearing more and more. Uh, I haven't seen though any like, uh, hardcore e-com like selling, I don't know, supplements or selling, uh, whatever in the metaverse. But I mean, we'll get there because metaverse is also a tool where you can more easily buy stuff because you can see it from different angles. You can, uh, I mean, it's more immersive, so it's kind of, uh, easier, uh, to buy in many, uh, e-com categories. I see. Um, if I wanted to build my own metaverse, how would I start this? <laughs> Have you thought uh, about that? <laughs> I have a couple of friends building metaverses, uh, and in general, I would say that the market is still very blue. I mean, we're very close, we're very far from being in the, in the, uh, red ocean. Um, but I haven't, I personally haven't thought of that. Uh, it looks to me, I mean, you first need to have like a pretty, I mean, very solid, uh, team of co-founders with very, uh, uh, very uh different uh expertise um i personally haven't thought of that mm. but if somebody wants to do it it's i mean it's the perfect time try Crypt is I about mean, trying i mean i mean you're going against facebook and against their billions and billions uh, so i think it's it's fairly competitive already i think uh in this sense Yes, but, uh, in our world, I mean, the, the problem the web three world is creating are becoming so much, uh, visible even to a general internet user that at some point people may start boycotting this, uh, companies. I mean, it's mm. still mostly these problems are uh, mostly visible to the professionals in this field, like both in the web two and web three world. And that's why, uh, there is a huge, uh, brain drain from, uh, web two to web three world, even from the biggest companies. Every week we see many, uh, people, uh, moving from Facebook, uh, YouTube, Google, whatever to web three, uh, companies, uh, general public is already seeing these problems because a lot of accounts are banned for no reason. You don't have a, uh, basically support, uh, no uh, way of feedback. You're just banned and that's it. You had a profile for years. You had maybe a, an online business for years and suddenly Facebook decides and not even Facebook. Some, in most cases, it's algorithm and maybe a glitch in their algorithm. Uh, that that blocks bans your account and boom you don't have a business anymore yeah yeah these blockings happen by an algorithm that's that's very disturbing that's very interesting and some people lose their businesses there that's absolutely right so uh, i I, th I i like the application that you mentioned um with cofire um in which you try to revolution revolutionize the value chain of for of music creators 
Can you exp can you explain a little bit more, please, what the problem in the music industry is right now and how you want to solve it? Uh, yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, one of the big problems is uh, transparent transparency and fairness of the distribution of the of the uh, value created. Uh, I, here I'm also quite cautious of saying, okay, labels are bad because that's a main narrative in the market now. But m most people who say that it looks like they are either neglecting or deliberately not talking about the fact that labels actually, label is a function. Uh, they have a marketing function, distribution function, and few other functions. So if you just create an NFT marketplace for music, it won't solve the problem because, okay, I can publish the music, but I can publish the music as well on Spotify myself. Then it won't make me popular. That won't make me sales yeah. and so on and so forth. Labels are actually doing marketing and a lot of other stuff. Uh, but uh, at the same time, there is a lot of space uh, to optimize that and uh, deliver more value to the artists. Transparency is another big thing because, okay, w w the artists don't even know how much their actual their their uh, art is actually earning money, and how what the per what percentage are they getting from that? Another thing, uh, uh, the fans are totally excluded from that value chain uh, in terms of they bring value, but they don't get any value in return. I mean, they get the art, but they could actually, and the, with NFT it's possible, they can get a monetary value as well. They can participate actively in, in uh, distribution of that art and get some royalties uh, because, of, because of that. And again, NFT technology helps uh, seamlessly and very easily distribute even micro payments uh, to mm. to to everyone involved uh, yeah so I would say that uh, a lot of the uh, the areas where we are personally as a co-fire as a lab experimenting it's uh, art creation and collaboration between different artists it's uh, revenue distribution uh it's uh, monetization for the artists mm -hmm. uh and also uh, and its involvement of the fans in that uh, value chain so as a lab we don't have ready solution no, no one on the market has this market basically the music nfts is less than one year old uh so no one has ready solutions and that's wh why we call ourselves lab because we experiment we try to find ready solutions once we find we share them with the market or build our own products to help the market grow and how do you how is your business model actually with uh cofire i mean and understand the value for for artists to do nfts and have that kind of like more chance of getting money for their artwork but what's actually your role in it with cofire so uh we are helping some artists uh, uh like release their music uh their art on nft 
but that's not our business model that's more of an uh kind of that's the way we test our hypothesis so we probably will have some small operational uh, cut from that but we'll try to make it as minimum as possible uh and the business model uh will be will be creating the actual products uh some protocols for the music nfts and there the protocols they normally earn on the very small commissions on the operations happening on that uh, protocols very cool like the mic micro payments cool yeah thank you very much that was uh, that was very interesting um as the like as a last question like what would be your best tip for new for people who want to to get involved into Web3 and would like to start a Web3 business or work in that space, uh, given the fact that they have no idea how to start and they're beginners, what are your best tips on that? So starting a business, if you are not in the Web3 world, is, uh, I would say, the, uh, the easiest way will be starting to get involved, uh, like networking, uh, going to conferences and understanding the structure of that market. And then, uh, then you can understand how you can apply your own ideas to that new paradigm. And in terms of just getting involved, like as a start, starting to work in the web uh, three world, uh, the, I mean, it's pretty much the same though. Uh, here you can join this DAOs, this community, start to get involved this in these discords and you see how it's working. Then you can start contributing with your own, uh, expertise. It can be writing articles and can be some research, whatever. Right now there is a very, uh, big lack of talent in that market. And if you spend maybe two, three hours every day for a few months, you will get such a huge expertise mm. because it's a very new market. Mm. So, Every uh, expert that is really devoted to the that market is uh, has very high chances of getting paid pretty fast. And even in the very beginning, you can start contributing, and some ro contributor roles already gain uh, paid ones, either in some existing crypto or sometimes in the future tokens of this community. And future tokens, though, they are kind of worthless at the time being they can actually have much more potential to grow 10x 100x whatever uh when the project takes off so uh i would say you need to be very uh kind of you need first to get the motivation if you are motivated enough you'll like dive into it like first time when i got involved in crypto first three months i was working 24 7 mm -hmm. literally uh there I, i went to us to visit my cousin and which i who i haven't seen for many years and i lived at her house and i haven't seen her pretty much because i'm working was working was so much immersed in this world mm -hmm. was so much exciting so first get the motivation get excited and then everything will happen uh you'll find the community you'll find the way to contribute to learn Uh, to earn and to grow as an expert in this market. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, if someone get wants to get in touch with you or is an artist and uh, wants you to help them, how can they reach you the best? 
probably I'm, mo I'm mostly active these days on Twitter because Twitter is the main social network right now for Web3 mm -hmm. and crypto. I mean, hopefully we'll have a decentralized version of mm -hmm. Twitter soon because Twitter also has all that yeah. problems of deplatformization. Yeah. I'm on Twitter. It's uh, value, tokenized, one word. Uh, and also Telegram uh, at Tony Simonovsky. I think it's better. It will be better to write that down under the video. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Tony, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this talk and I'm looking already forward to the next time. Thank you. Thank you, Sven. It was great talking. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode of Svencast again.